Our next guest joining us in studio today is a congressional candidate running for North Carolina's 13th district. That represents all of Johnson County, a little bit of Wake, a little bit of Harnett County. His name is Matt Shoemaker. Thanks for joining us in studio, Matt. Good morning. Good morning. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. All right. So first off, for those that do not know much about you, we want to give you an opportunity to kind of uh, give us some background on yourself, what we should know about Matt Shoemaker. Absolutely. Well, good morning. Thank you once again for having me on. My name is Matt Shoemaker. Uh, I'm a former intelligence officer with the Defense Intelligence Agency, which is the Pentagon's version of the CIA, interestingly enough. Yeah, uh, I started off my career in counterintelligence, and I had a great career with with DIA. I really did. It was a phenomenal work that we got to do. Um, I was stationed up in Quantico, Virginia for a while. And then I was stationed overseas um, with European Command, um, running intelligence operations against Russia and China um, over in England. So that was a lot of fun, actually. It was just a really rewarding experience. Um, and I'm also a, a naval officer um, in the Navy. And uh, uh, yeah, I would do uh, intelligence work with them. I actually just finished up active duty orders um, down in Central Command. Um, so I was working down in the sandbox doing uh, intelligence operations against Russia and China. Very there. Nice. Well, thank you for your service. Yeah, buddy. my pleasure. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, as a former intelligence officer, I'm running for Congress to send intelligence to D.C. Because, you know, if you're like me, I am just absolutely sick and tired of the the good old boy club establishment politicians who are more interested in making a point rather than making a difference. And that's what this really comes down to, because, you know, we're all adults here. Right. We all know the problems that are facing this country. We feel the frustration and the anxiety when we go to the grocery store and we look at our receipts or when we go to the gas station and we see that we're spending, you know, 50, 60, 70 dollars a time, if not more at the gas station. Right. And these these politicians, they're just chasing the next election. And I'm here for solutions and not sound bites. And that's what this is really about. And that's why I'm running. Uh, we, we have a list of questions that we're going to ask uh, a lot of our congressional candidates when we bring them in over the next, you know, we're getting ready for 2024. Uh, so my first question for you, uh, do you support laws that require voters to produce an official ID in order to vote? Yes. Why? Because when it comes to uh, in election integrity, if, if you, one of the problems that we've had over the past few years is that there has really been a crisis in faith, not just in our government, but on various different levels of society when it comes to religion, when it comes to the media, when it comes to you know the FBI now and the Justice Department. There is continually a crisis of faith in these, in these um, entities, in these organizations. And so we need to start taking steps in order to restore that faith at the very least. And I don't think that it's really a hard lift to prove who you are when you go to the ballot box. It really should not be that big of a big of a problem, but unfortunately, it is. And I can understand the opposing argument of, you know, sometimes it is difficult to get an ID in order to do it, but there are programs in place where you can get one for free in order to prove who you are, and I think that's entirely worth it. Obviously, a, a big topic that a lot of people are thinking about nationally is uh is gun safety, gun laws. Do you think the existing gun laws are effective? When they're enforced, yes. So the biggest problem that we have, and according to the FBI, roughly every single year, about 100,000 um, uh, firearms checks. When you go to purchase a firearm, you have to go and submit your information to, to be checked by the FBI. About 100,000 people fail those checks. And every single one of those should be prosecuted 
because when you are trying to purchase a firearm and you are denied, that means that you have committed a crime because you should not be trying to buy a firearm. The problem with that, though, is only about 10% of those individuals are ever prosecuted for that. And I've spoken to prosecutors about this, and my heart goes out to them because their explanation is, is that this is not a terribly sexy thing to bring to a jury. Juries are not likely to convict someone for a a criminal offense for trying to purchase a firearm if that is the only charge itself. Oftentimes, these are charges that are tacked on to other crimes as well. Um, but I don't think we need to be imposing more laws if we're not enforcing the laws that we already have on the books. I don't see the point in that. You, there's either teeth in these things or there's not. Um, so I think we're doing a great job, uh, at least with regards to the laws that we have, if only we would actually prosecute them when they actually come up. Do you, uh, going back to more focused here in North Carolina, uh, the creation of an independent redistricting commission, do you support that idea? I'm not convinced that it will actually solve our problems, right? So the, the, the two competing ideas when it comes to redistricting is either that um, you create a district, you gerrymander it in such a way that it benefits one party over another, and the competing idea is that you try and create as many 50-50 or, or as, as close to 50-50 districts as you possibly can. The way that this country has always done it, for the most part, has been whoever is the one uh, running the states are the ones that are, the legislatures that is, are the ones that design the, the, the district lines. I don't see that as, as a problem, in all honesty. I think that that has worked out for us for the past 250 or so odd years. Um, it, when it comes to a 50-50 sort of split, in, in many ways, that could, in a sense, create more friction and more um, division within the country, simply because we're always going to be fighting each other. We're always going to be at it, and we're, it's always going to be a war, especially when it comes to the House, because they're elected every two years. There are, you know, We're only about, what is it, nine months now into this new Congress, if you will, and people are already running for re-election. Right? So it would, it would, in a certain sense, create just a perpetual state of election. So I'm, I'm not convinced that creating an independent board is actually going to solve any problems. Speaking of elections, do you think Donald Trump lost the 2020 presidential election? Well, I think the, the answer to that is obvious. I mean, we've got, pre- we've got President Biden in office. So just by the very nature of that, it means that you know, President Trump is, you know, did not win the, the votes for it. I think when, what you're really getting at, though, is whether or not there was interference in the 2020 election. And I think there absolutely was. But I don't think it's the type of interference that we've, we've traditionally been talking about in the media. You know, when we talk about um, interference, we're talking about things like voter suppression. We're talking about, you know, faked ballots, you know, ballot stuffing. I don't think that that necessarily is the issue. I think the real issue is, you know, why do you have someone like Mark Zuckerberg pumping $400 million into elections up in Minnesota, for example, or Wisconsin? Why do you have um, Twitter at the time suppressing a New York Post article about the Hunter Biden laptop story, which ended up being 100% true? You know, we see all of these different types of interference that are technically legal, but they're not right. And so and it's all slated in one direction of it was all against conservatives. So that's the type of interference that I'm really concerned about and how the state of our country. And this goes back to to voter integrity and, and, and the vote integrity of how do we know that this has actually been a free and fair election? And I think that that's something that we really need to have a discussion about in this country. Uh, your position on capital punishment. Uh, I'm in favor of it. Why is that? So I think that there are some 
crimes, specifically murder, that that do warrant um, the ultimate punishment. I, I do believe that it acts as a at least some element of a deterrent. Um, and from a philosophical perspective, yeah, I got my master's in philosophy, so that already makes me a nerd. And and so having already, you know, you you've got to really wrestle with these issues of, you know, when someone takes themselves out of society, when they remove themselves by committing this act, it you know, murder itself is not just killing one person, right? The 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 murderer themselves is is launching a war against everything that the society stands for, like the, the cohesion and the ability of the society to function, they are removing themselves from that, or at least that's been the traditional argument for capital punishment. Um, and so from that perspective, I am in favor of it. Talking with uh, Matt Shoemaker, congressional candidate for North Carolina's 13th district. Uh, that covers all of Johnson County, uh, southern part of Wake County, east part of uh, Harnett County. Something I want to ask you about, Matt, is um, when I go to your campaign website, uh, there at the top, it says two words, defund stupidity. What do you mean by that? Yes. So that is, I, I'm very proud of that little slogan that, that we, we created. And it comes from, so I'm from a big military and law enforcement family. And so, you know, a few years ago when we saw, you know, all the Black Lives Matter riots back, especially in the summer of 2020, and then the subsequent push to defund the police. Right. You know, having family members who serve, you know, uh, who in uniform, who are cops, you know, seeing them being told that they need to be defunded. You know, these guys are not rich guys. They are making, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. Oftentimes they have to pick up second jobs in order to make ends meet. Right. So, you know, our police are doing the absolute best that they can. And so this concept of, you know, defunding police for me turned into, you know what, that's a stupid idea. Why don't we defund stupidity? And so that's kind of branched out into different elements of the campaign of, you know, if someone is trying to, for example, um, uh, if they're not focusing on um, securing the border, for example, and they want to, you know, uh, uh, they're saying that they're doing a great job like like Secretary Mayorkas is doing. You know, that's a stupid idea. We need to defund stupidity sort of thing. So, so yeah, that's where that comes from. Uh, one of the other things on your website, uh, you have a couple of categories that you are focusing on with your campaign, and, and one of them is the economy. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on, on how do we get back to normal and, and what is your goal to help North Carolinians when it comes to uh, the economy? So a couple things in there. First, uh, the website that he's referencing is votemjs.com. So by all means, please but go ahead, uh, type that in, check out our website. We would love to have, have your uh, input onto it. Um, with regards to the economy, there are a couple things um, that we can – we can look at this perspective. One is the short-term aspect of it. And what I mean by that is obviously the big ticket item is going to be inflation and cost of living, right? One of the major things that have been has been the driver of inflation over the past few years is energy costs. Energy itself and the way that the Biden administration has clamped down on um, uh, our energy sector is it's driving up global energy prices, which is a really odd thing, though, too, considering how by driving up global energy prices, they're actually helping out Russia. Surprisingly, you know, the, the knock on effects of these things or for that matter, you know, they're, they're trying to dr- the Biden administration is trying to drive up energy costs to make green energy more palatable. Right. Ironically, though, by doing that, Pakistan and India have turned back on their coal energy power plants, increasing the amount of CO2 that is 
pumped out into the environment. You know, these are two of the largest countries in the world that are now, you know, being more environmentally dangerous, if you will, than, you know, previously had. But anyways, so with regards to that, energy is the underlying factor of most of our economy when when it comes to um, harvesting crops, the amount of money, the amount of money it costs just to harvest the crops from purely fuel to harvest it. Then you have to transport that to supermarkets. That's going to cost more. So it's it's a knock-on effect that it's increasing the cost of everything else. But then from a larger perspective, the monetary policy that we've had in the United States, particularly over the past 50 years, has really been towards a credit-based system. And what I mean by that is back in 1930, the the average salary in the United States adjusted for today's inflation is $85,000. Wow. Nowadays, nowadays, the average salary is $59,000. In in North Carolina, it's only 56,000. In Johnston County, it's 30,900. Wow. So, how in the world in 93 years did we go from having roughly $85,000 per year per person? to now 59,000, 56,000. Like we, there is a problem that we have in this country. It's not just Democrat or Republican. It is a monetary policy and that's why I'm running because I'm not part of the establishment class. The establishment is not happy that I'm running because I am not waiting my turn. And quite frankly, they can go pound sand as far as I'm concerned because that waiting your turn and just following the rules is what got us into this problem to begin with. So that's why I'm running and so by all means, Check out our website, votemjs.com, and join the movement to send intelligence to D.C. Matt Shoemaker, congressional candidate for uh, 13th District here in North Carolina, joining us in studio. Matt, thanks so much for stopping by. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.